and gentlemen, welcome back to the Whatnots Review Show. This is number 117. Uh, I, did I get that one right? Is it 116? Yeah, it's 117. Wow, okay. Ooh. Uh, we're getting close on 120, and then before you know it, we'll be at 420. It's, it's going to be great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is our weekly book club-style podcast uh, if you were unaware, uh, we cover all sorts of different mediums and different genres, all sorts of stuff. So there's bound to be something for you. Go check it out. Go ch check out all, all of our stuff. You can j jump in at any number here on the re review show, as long as you've seen the thing that we're talking about. I, I, I don't know. This week, though, <laughs> we are talking about an amazon original movie called the vast of night mm -hmm. but we will get to that in just a sec my name is kyle springer and i am joined as always by melissa wilkinson melissa mm -hmm. what's going on <laughs> i'm just thinking about what our show would be like if you did have to listen to certain episodes before other episodes like you're not gonna understand our discussion on the vast of night unless you heard us talk about green lantern the animated series a year and a half ago <laughs> i mean hey maybe there there is some kind of story line mixed in i <laughs> i i always record uh like little like 30 second videos after we do do the podcast for our youtube channel to be like hey go subscribe Subscribe to our channel yeah. up here and go watch one of our other videos. If if I if this was a full time job for me, I've thought about like having there be a story in that and me like <laughs> writing a script, just like so, like me in costume and different characters and stuff like that. Like I think that that'd be hilarious. That'd be great. Oh man. Um, you have an entirely different persona just to tell people to like and subscribe. Right? Yeah. And things happen. There's betra betrayals. There's uh, reunions. All sorts <laughs> of stuff. You fall in love. You know, you fall out of love. All sorts of stuff. It would be great. Wow. But I don't have the time. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, yeah. I I'm I'm doing okay. I I started my staycation yesterday. Oh yeah. Kind of. I uh, played video games all day and didn't do anything else. Mm -hmm. So it was great. Uh, but but I'm I'm been good. How's 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 your weekend? It was good. So yeah. Yesterday I went over to my parents' house while everyone was gone, so I could do my laundry. <laughs> Did not nice. worry about infecting anybody that was there in person. <laughs> so yeah, just me and getting work done and my dad's recliner and all the stuff he records on his DVR. I was, I was about to, 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 to say, did he have something new on the DVR? Yeah, this is what's new. Uh, my dad has notoriously very eclectic taste. So what's new is that he has... Uh, Failure to launch the okay. Matthew McConaughey romantic comedy, Cabaret, Jay Leno's Garage, three episodes, a recording of a concert between Daryl Hall and L. King, 
Mm-hmm. Two episodes of The Alienist, uh, the dark is, puppet is that comedy. Like the pianist, but with an alien. <laughs> no, it's um, it's a crime show set in like Victorian times, where like that huh. was how they referred to people who they knew were like mentally ill, were deviants, were committing serial murders and things like that. They're like they are alien to us. So if you studied, uh. basically, this was like. OG criminal minds. They called you an alienist if you studied people like this. CSI Victorian era. <laughs> he recorded Guys and Dolls, a movie I already bought for him on Blu-ray. Uh, <laughs> and one episode of My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. <laughs> Wonderful. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's my niece's new favorite thing. So I guess he was like, I want to know what it is she's talking about. Yeah, What's I'm, a rainbow dash? I, I, I want to be hip and know what these kids are t- talking about these days. <laughs> what's hot with three-year-olds? What's a, what's a brony? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's start talking about the fast of night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was the one that pitched this last week. I kind of had a theme of, of just like, let's do original movies mm-hmm. from all of the three main streaming services. Uh, I don't remember off the t- t- top of my head all the stuff that I pitched, but uh, this is the one we picked, the I- Amazon original movie. It's a sci-fi film set in like the 1950s, maybe 60s-ish. Mm-hmm. I think it's like um, 58 or 59, like right at the end of the decade, I think I saw something say that. Yeah. And uh, I had a feeling you were <laughs> going to pick this one. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I think it was when we were watching like season one of Mr. Robot. Uh, and I started seeing c- commercials for th- this, and they were like, it reminds me of young Spielberg in his heyday, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, huh, okay, well, the tr- the, the tr- trailer looks mm-hmm. g- 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 good. Uh, so it's been, like, in the back of my mind since then. But I knew you would pick it because it is, yeah, like, set in the, like, late 1950s, and it stars a... A like a phone operator and a late night radio DJ, mm-hmm. and th- those things just spell Melissa. <laughs> yeah, just quirky, quaint, small town yep. supernatural exactly. adventure. Yeah, exactly. Um, which which is pretty much it. Like this movie mm-hmm. is surprisingly straightforward. Uh, yes, with with with, with what it is. Uh, it's a small town. There's not much happening there. There's a, like a local high school basketball game. That seems to be the big t- talk of the town. Uh, it's the big event that week. And so the whole town is g- g- going. Uh, but meanwhile, uh, th- th- this late night phone operator uh, hears a weird noise over the radio. And is like, what the heck is going on and they start investigating that sound it leads them to some interesting places mm-hmm. some interesting people within the town that's basically it for a synopsis like there's not, yeah there's not much more to it than that without getting into spoilers uh, <laughs> and stuff like that so melissa i want to ask you what was your kind of general thoughts of this now that you've 
or, or, or were you aware of this before I had pitched it? No. No? I hadn't heard of this. Interesting. I don't think this had gotten into my uh, allotted bank of commercials the last time I was watching something on Prime. So this took gotcha. me by surprise. I was texting someone while I was watching this movie, just saying that I was watching the movie. And at the end, I texted him. I'm like, I just finished that movie. That was neat. That didn't end the way I thought it would, but it really charmed me. And he said, oh, it didn't end the way you thought it would? Was there some big twist? And I said, no, that's what surprised me. You're right. The storytelling in this movie is very straightforward, very simplistic in a way that's weirdly refreshing that it doesn't try to shock you or pull the rug out from under you it's exactly what it says on the tin yeah and we'll we'll, we'll get more into that when we get into spoilers and yeah just a couple <laughs> spoiler minutes, alert but, there's no twist yeah but which, which in a ways is kind of a spoiler but uh yeah like yeah it's it's very simple i i enjoyed it but i i walked away with mixed feelings if, if that makes sense like it it's like i'm left thinking about it in my mind but not in a way that like uh something like parasite left ah. me thinking about the whole yeah. T- t- yeah. time it's it's again i'm wrestling with what they did in the movie or, or like what happened in the plot mm-hmm. in a way that i liked it but i kind of wanted more there's some things that they yeah. did that were fascinating and were really, mm-hmm. really cool. And then there were some things that I was just like, eh, fine, <laughs> whatever. Um, and it was enough like, of, of that kind of back and forth of like, well, I really like this. But then I don't like that one thing that I was just like, I don't really know where I'd fall on this. Like, I, I... enjoyed my time, but I, yeah. I, I don't know if I truly liked it. I liked it. I think the two leads are very charming. I like their rapport with each other. This movie is stylistically wonderful. Like, I love the way it's shot. It's so good at setting mood and atmosphere and building up this town. Like, that's where it puts all of its attention. It's like, we're going to look great. We're going to set the scene. We're going to have these charming characters. uh, And the plot's rather cookie cutter. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I I think the characters for me were the main draw of, mm-hmm. of this film. The the for their names again. It's like It's uh, Faye and Everett. Faye and Everett. Thank you. Um yeah, they are fantastic. They they mm-hmm. are like the reason you should watch this film cuz their chemistry is great. Uh the the script especially for Everett just goes a mile a minute. Yeah. And he's using all sorts of like weird sayings and f- phrases and slang and stuff. And it's just like they're in such a small town that they don't like he he's the cool person, right? Yes. And the, the one the town of, has. Yes. The rest of the town just doesn't know what to do with him because he's so cool and he's so like hip <laughs> and he knows all the slang and so when he yeah. says this stuff they don't know if that's actually a saying or not and so they just take him at his <laughs> word frankly me either <laughs> the, the one thing i want to to 
Kese that uh, is not is not spoilery is there's this one scene where he has a like a new tape recorder and he he puts it on and he says something like and now we're baking biscuits and the girl's just like bacon biscuits what are you talking about and he's like well that's what you call it and then it's like the rest of the or like the next like 20 minutes or so like that's a thing they'd be like and he calls it bacon biscuits and it's just like <laughs> what, what is this like you it's 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 a joke it's a saying it's like he's just saying something to say something <laughs> yeah <laughs> Don't, don't take them for real. <laughs> yeah, this is the chattiest movie I have seen since The Social Network. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's good. I, I enjoyed my time. It's pretty short. It's only an hour yeah. and a half. Uh, so it's a quick, quick movie. Uh, mm-hmm. But there is something that this movie did do that I did not expect. Uh, which mm-hmm. we will get into uh, right yeah. now. Spoilers. But let's get into a little bit of housekeeping right now. And then we will make our way to that spoiler section. If you guys did not know, we have multiple podcasts here at The Whatnots. Uh, you guys can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com. Uh, or you, you guys can t- type in The Whatnots on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Uh, just t- t- type in the whatnots and all of our shows will pop up right there. If you like what we do, patreon.com slash the whatnots is where you can support us uh, for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, this coming week, I should be putting up our our third and final installment of the Reactor Core Patreon exclusive stuff uh, in which Melissa, you and I have been reacting to movie trailers from different decades. Uh, mm-hmm. And we're about to put up ours from the 2010s. So that will be inter- an interesting and fun one. I, I, I think we've made some great content with that yeah. series. <laughs> I really want to do more stuff like that because that was a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, it's been great to talk about a trailer on its own and not necessarily as the representative of a larger movie. Right, yeah. We, we watched trailers that we remember from our childhoods ones that we don't remember at all ones for movies we've we've seen some we haven't seen all sorts of stuff uh so go check that out that should be up on our website for patreon members at the three dollar tier as well as all of our uh, uh, other exclusive content and last but not least thank you to our patreon supporters at the five dollar tier so thank you sam uh for helping us out and supporting us we appreciate it a lot Thank you Thank so you. much. Okay. Let's get into spoilers. Boom, here we are. Spoilers. Did it. Here's the thing that I did not expect mm-hmm. with this film. It starts out with the spoof of the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Which I loved. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I'm in. They're watching the Twilight Zone, and then they said something else. It was like, oh, it's a spoof of the Twilight it's, Zone. Yeah, it's, Zone. Uh, it's called Paradox Theater, and you're yes. right. It is so pitch perfect to Twilight Zone that when it started, I'm like, is this a very close imitation, or is this like a a, a rarely used Twilight? 
Yeah. Yeah, like a rarely used intro because I know they had several different variants of it. Is this just the one I've seen the least and I don't remember? And then it gets to Paradox Theater. I'm like, oh, this is just a real close match. And so, yeah, the movie starts out with that. It's like that monologue. It's like you are at the intersection of space and mind and you turn left and you see Paradox Theater, you know? And I like that, that that first of all just has so much nostalgia mm-hmm. for me that i'm just like oh yes i like this good sci-fi i like yeah it. um but the like you you see it on this like old school tube tv with the actual dials on the side and it's slowly mm-hmm. like zooming in to the screen and as you get closer and closer the screen kind of fills your t- tv screen and the episode of Paradox Theater that whoever is watching this TV is the movie that you are then watching. So the episode of Paradox Theater we are watching is The Vast of Night. Mm -hmm. Um, Which makes me wonder if they're going to do more of these. I I wouldn't mind it. Yeah, I don't know if that's the case. I don't think it is, but yeah, I would be okay with that. I know Hulu has their they have like a uh, a series of horror movies. Uh, yeah, they aren't connected. I, they they have some kind of like umbrella title that I don't remember. Yeah, it's from Blumhouse Studios, yes. and they're all holiday themed. They're all themed to a holiday or like um. I've seen a couple one of those... that I don't think are, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, right. no, but some of them. Of them are. I think they all are, but they're themed to like kind of obscure fun holidays. Like they had one a couple months that was about like a spooky dog. And that was just because April is pet appreciation month. So there's Christmas and Halloween. And then there's also ones like that. It's all based on an event, a holiday, whether it's prominent or not. Man, I want to see them do like National Waffle Day. They could. What what happens with that? Like, how do yeah. you make a horror story out of National Waffle Day? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I I know they have something like that. I would like to see Amazon do something like that as mm-hmm. well. It's like, hey, here's a series of sci-fi films that we have funded and stuff like that, and they're all un- under this like. Paradox Theater. Yeah. Uh, Banner would be neat. But yeah, so. Mm -hmm. Starts out, you're watching that thing. The episode turns into the movie you're watching. I really liked that. I thought that was phenomenal. I do have to say, in the end, though, I think opening that way hurt the film. Yes. (laughs) I, I agree with what you're saying. And it's because of kind of what we mentioned at the start. There is no twist in Mm. in this film. It is very straightforward. And Twilight Zone has conditioned me to be like, there is a twist. It's a Mm. cookbook, right? Like, (laughs) it it, it is, you have all the time in the world, and then you break your glasses at, at the end. You think... The, they're being invaded by Martians and stuff. No, this is a different planet, and the aliens are the humans, right? Yeah, like, yeah. All of this, and like I, 
I there 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 has to be some kind of twist, and this I was just waiting for it and waiting mm-hmm. for it. Like, okay, what is happening here? Is this another planet? Is is the <laughs> signal? Are they picking up a signal from Earth? Is it another dimension? What is happening here? Um, and yeah, nothing. Which. <laughs> like you said in some ways is oddly refreshing that it was just yeah. a very earnest straightforward mm-hmm. storytelling but i do feel like i kind of had the rug pulled out from under me in a way that i didn't like not in the way that I was like oh that was a great twist but it, it, it was mm-hmm. it was it was just like that's it there's not more to this what <laughs> where's the next half hour of the film like I, yeah yeah, there's no know. twist. There's no cautionary tale. That's also what Twilight Zone is. Right. It yeah. like it has this uh social commentary to it, which this movie touches upon briefly. I think one of the really interesting elements that they bring in is when Billy calls, he mentions that when the military brought soldiers in to work on these they super secret clandestine operations. Hispanic. Yeah, yeah. It was uh marginalized people who they thought would be less trusted if they took the story to the wider world, which is sad, but it's interesting. I don't think I've seen another sci-fi, you know, alien government conspiracy story touch on that before. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it really just shows up for like the one moment. And then I suppose there is when they're talking to that um, older woman later in the movie, uh, she was like a single mother who had this kid out of wedlock yeah. And then the the aliens kind of affected the kid. And it makes you wonder if the aliens were paying enough attention to human society that they were like, oh, no, this is a, another marginalized type of person. Nobody's going to listen to this woman. So let's do weird things on her and her family. Yeah. yeah but it, except for... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that except for those moments, like... Yeah, there's like there's no element of social commentary, cautionary tale, twist. It's like they just wanted the stylistic trappings of Twilight Zone, which they do execute really well. They do, I think yeah. the style of this movie is the outstanding. Like I'll definitely remember it for that. Yeah, yeah. Like we we don't even get a like who's watching that TV to watch yeah. this movie. Could that be the twist that it's an alien watching this about humans and what they think of aliens and and stuff Mm. like that who knows um but yeah we just don't get that and it's very straightforward and that's it's it's both a good thing and a bad thing right because like Mm. i like like we said there's it felt like it was missing something yeah of of just like what's the moral what's the like (laughs) yeah What's the thing that's going to be like, wow, this was a great movie instead of, okay, mm-hmm. it's a movie. <laughs> and just stopping there, right? Yeah. Um, like, I, yeah, like, I, that's the thing I think I'm wrestling mm. with. Because there are some things that they do so well in this film. Yeah. Loved. Um, and, and, and then, yeah, there's, there's, there's this abrupt halt. And, and it just stops. And it. Okay, <laughs> I guess that's it. Fine. Oh, it's it's done. Yeah. Everyone, go home. Yeah. Oh. 
it's good though i i yeah I, I think i still enjoyed my time yeah and like i recognize that there were missed opportunities and the narrative kind of set you up to believe it was going to be a more complex narrative than it ultimately was mm-hmm. like i recognize some shortcomings but they don't bother me I think because I wonder if some of those what we call shortcomings, it might have been intentional. They might have intentionally said, "Eh, we don't want this to be super twisty. We want this to just be, are aliens coming to town? They are. (laughs) Yes. It might have been a (laughs) goal of theirs (laughs) to just sort of like return to these 50s B-movie roots of, oh, it's just very simple. Yeah. The threat comes, we, we attempt to defeat threat. There's no ulterior motive behind anything. So the next thing that I kind of want to mention that I kind of took issue with is actually something you praised it for mm. uh, in our non-spoilery section at the start here. Uh, you you liked a lot of the way that it was shot. I yeah. didn't. Uh, <laughs> there was one scene that I thought was spectacular, uh, which I'm, I'm sure we'll circle back around to. There's one like extra long tracking shot in there that was Mm -hmm. phenomenal uh but the thing that i didn't like is it was dark the entire time i couldn't see anything (laughs) it was pitch black oh you're right okay so i watched this movie i've got like a nice new tv in the living room but for this movie like because i knew it was shorter i'm like i'm gonna curl up in bed and watch this and in my room like the lighting's different and i can make it like pitch dark in here like that's the vibe i wanted to watch this movie Mm -hmm. And my TV in here is a little older. I'm like, yeah, I, I was having trouble seeing it. And I wasn't entirely sure how much of it was the movie and how much was me just not hitting the right settings on my TV. It's definitely the movie. I have like big 4K mm. HDR TV right at the foot of my, my, my bed. And yeah, just couldn't see a thing. And it's just like, I oh, like it. It, it, it would be fine if it was, like, one scene. Like, the scene when they're running through the, yeah. the, 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 the w- w- woods. But they go to that old woman's house, and they have no lights on. Yeah. And it's just like, why don't you turn a light on? You're inside. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? You do have a point. Like, I, there are times when they go to a location, and I'm like, I don't understand diegetically within the story why this is dark yeah it it, it, like it bothered me because again like we mentioned the characters are phenomenal Mm -hmm. i want to see more of them yes that's exactly it i want to see more of them because i didn't (laughs) see them most of the movie um I, but I, yeah, like the, the, the times that they are lit, like when they're in mm-hmm. the uh, like radio station or they're at the phone yeah. switch board thing, like the, the, those shots are fantastic. Um, and to be, to be honest, like I, I'm almost wondering if this started out as an audio drama. This is a real audio drama feel to it. It absolutely does. And all of the scenes are doable are workable in in yeah. that framework because it uh we we've covered a number of uh, 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 audio mm-hmm. dr- drama podcasts um and a lot of times 
they often have some kind of conceit where it's like, hey, I'm recording this. I'm, I'm a news yeah. reporter recording this or I'm a therapist and I'm recording our sessions for my own research and, st mm. and stuff like that. There's there's always some reason for them to be like recording it, right? That there's there's ones with like late night radio stations. Mm. Um, and this fit within that. Because they, they yeah. carry around that recording device wherever they go. And so that's kind of what I'm wondering if, like, they didn't really put much thought into the scenes or the locations of this because the script was maybe initially planned as an audio drama and then they pitched it to different studios and Amazon picked it up and they were like, it's fine, we'll, we'll work with this. And then it was just like, well... The movie's kind of dark. Uh. I I think I love all the settings in this movie. I agree with what you're saying that the lighting could be different. Yeah, I'm, actually, I'm, in some points, I'm like fine with the I, settings, but yeah, it's it just yeah dark. <laughs> I I like the lighting in some points, like when whenever they're in the gym. I like that weird yellow glow that the gym has. Yeah, those like old school, not fluorescent lights that yeah take like 20 minutes to turn on if you've been in those like old school <laughs> gyms yeah it's good mm -hmm. yeah it's uh i don't know like those i think were the major things that was was mm -hmm. just like i didn't like this or i i, I don't think they did enough like it's Mm. I'm, I'm sure like in school, whether it was in high school or college, you wrote some kind of paper or did some artwork or something where they were like, good, you have the idea. Now take mm. it one step further. Yeah. This felt like they had the idea, but they never took it one step further. <laughs> and it just like it was a good story. Like it, it was mm. fine, but they didn't take that extra step to make it spectacular. Yeah, I think narratively, perhaps, that may be missing. But as I've said, I like the style. One thing about this movie that I think is great. Uh, to get back to that uh, Twilight, the Paradox Theater yeah. framing device, that TV shows back up like every 20 minutes in the movie. Like the film, like it kind of zooms out and like it gets black and white and grainy. And then it kind of like zooms back in and that like loses it. It's like you're seeing these little mini episodes on the TV. Like it's not just at the beginning and at the end. Mm -hmm. Like it shows up periodically and it, there's not like the next episode. Like I don't think there's chapter titles or anything. It's purely visual to like demarcate uh, changes in setting. Yeah. When there's some kind of big change of scenery. Yeah. You jump across town. Um, yeah. Which is really interesting because when you think about it, this is all taking place during that high school basketball game, mm -hmm. which is only going to be like two hours long at the most, right? And the movie is yeah. only an hour and a half. So for the most part, this is in real time. Yeah, which is, which is neat. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's another benefit yeah, to it. That's definitely a good one. Um, and I... Go ahead. I was going to say that in addition to these odd sort of transitions that they use with the TV screen, this is a movie of mostly long shots. Yes. 
Like it's there's not a lot of quick cuts and it's very segmented. Like one scene that really stood out to me is when I think uh, Faye gets to her night shift working at the uh, phone switchboard and the camera is just like a profile shot of Faye there at her desk, like plugging all the cords in and out. And it's just that shot not moving or anything for like 10 or 12 minutes. Like it just hangs there. There's lots of shots that do that. Like, it's just we're putting the camera in one place for 10 minutes. And then whenever there is motion, like, I think the beginning of the movie starts like this. Like, the camera follows Everett Mm -hmm. into the gym and follows him around the gym. And then it follows him and Faye as he's walking her to her night shift. Like, it's either like the steady cam thing where it is actively walking around and following the characters as they are walking somewhere. Or it's completely static. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they do a good job of that stuff. And that kind of brings me to the, the one scene that I really, really, really liked is there is one tracking shot in particular that is amazing. Uh, or or mm-hmm. I, I, I thought was fast, fascinating. When it got out of the g- gym in, in that one scene, I was just like, wow, this is great. This is amazing. So there's a scene um, in there where it starts at the radio station. And Faye takes a smoke break. Uh, mm-hmm. It starts at the the phone op hiding switchboard location thing. Um, and Faye takes a smoke break, uh, and then she, she's standing there in the doorway smoking, and the camera kind of zooms past her, goes out of the building, turns, and goes down the street for, like, yeah. five blocks, and then, like, yes. turns down into a neighborhood and goes another, like, two blocks, and then goes mm-hmm. to the high school, goes inside the high school, goes, uh, like, up the bleachers, down the bleachers, in the basketball g- 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 game, uh, back up the b- bleachers out the window down the building and then like down the street some more across the field to the radio station yeah the the shot lasts like maybe two three minutes it's a long shot Mm -hmm. um yeah and it's it's so cool because again like it's this small town right so it's 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 a neat way to basically show the entire town (laughs) Um, but mm-hmm. they're all at that basketball station except for the starting and stop points of that scene where you had Faye and Everett. Um, mm-hmm. and so it's just it's this neat transition of like, okay, now we're gonna change locations to the radio station, and instead of it being a hard cut or a you know a dissolve or a Faye or something, it's just like. We're actually gonna take you with us to the radio yeah. station. Let's go. So cool. I loved that. <laughs> it's cool and it's very eerie. Like the camera moves very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I and I think it's at like approximately the eye level around when that, it's walking yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. Like the camera it, it's never personified exactly. You know, it's not like where you might see the shot. Um, I think when we covered American Werewolf in London, it had shots like that. And then would, co- you know, 
switch and you realized you were seeing this long, long traveling shot through the werewolf's yeah. point of yeah. view. Like it doesn't do anything like that. It just, it's very, very still. And then it moves like it's this other entity, mm-hmm. but not exactly. Again, this is one of those things where like they could have pushed it farther if they wanted to, but they don't. It's cool camera work for the sake of it being cool camera work. <laughs> and it is excellent. It's, it's also a scene that kind of makes you, it, like it's one of those things, it's like the romantic notion of like, oh man, the p- p- person I like is staring up at the same moon. <laughs> yeah, and it, like, yeah. That's the kind of v- 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 vibe that I got because she's mm. in her d- 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 doorway, like looking up at the moon and it goes past her all the way through town to Everett, um, mm. which let's let's talk about Faye and Everett as the main two leads there because they they are I think what we said at the start they are like the reason to watch this movie yeah. they are great. Um, I, I I don't know who the actors are. Let me see if I can. Look uh, no, I the actress who plays Faye her name's Sierra McCormick. Mm-hmm. And I looked at that name and I'm like, this sounds vaguely familiar. And I look at her face and she's wearing these huge cat eye glasses the whole time. And I'm trying to like see past these glasses. I'm like, do I know you from something? And I realized what it was and I looked it up. She was on a Disney Channel show. Oh, okay. <laughs> like a, a couple years ago. There was a show called Ant Farm that was about like a, a wacky yeah, yeah. gifted kids school. And I think the kid she plays, she must have been like uh, 13 or something in this show. The kid she plays has like an incredible memory and a huge bank of knowledge. So she is like rapid pace rattling off all of these facts, just like she is in this movie. So she's all, she uh, first became known for participating on the game, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? In 2007 oh. and 2008, uh, before, before shifting her focus into acting, uh, she received a t- attention for playing Lilith on the television series Supernatural. Um, oh. And then start as Scout Thomas on the comedy television series Romantically Challenged. And then, yes, next it mentions Ant Farm. Played Olive Doyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it mentions a couple other movies that I don't know. But, yeah. Um, yeah, she was fantastic, and then the actor that plays Everett is Jake Horowitz. Uh, mm. I there's his name is not linked to anything. Uh, I I looked so. I looked him up on IMDb, and I saw what looked like a lot of theatrical credits. He may be a stage actor. Okay, yeah, uh, it was like filmed pr- productions of plays. Man, I loved Everett. He was great. Yeah. <laughs> He is, like we said, just a mile a minute. He is the cool mm. cat in town. He is the only one that this t- t- town has. <laughs> and mm-hmm. he, like, that is c- c- kind of how the movie opens up, right? As we follow him as he's walking to the basketball gymnasium mm. thing, and everyone just needs him for something. 
they need mm-hmm. him to, to do this. They need to ask if he can do that. They need to see if he wants to do this. <laughs> and then someone is like, oh, we needed you specifically. And then he gets there and they're, they're like, no, we needed the other guy. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I meant Emmett. Yeah. And the lady's like, no, I asked you, do you mean Emmett or Everett? Yeah. Everett's from the radio station. And the guy's like, Emmett also used to work at the radio <laughs> station. Like, no, like, no, he no, didn't. He didn't. <laughs> There's a lot of like small town petty mundane chatter in like the first 15 minutes of the movie that's great yeah like that i think just immediately endears you to Mm. the film yeah but it's also it's a little bit jarring because it just starts out with that and it's just oh i i I have to catch up now here what what were they Mm -hmm. saying it's like Um, oh this this is a movie that demands i put captions on i'm not gonna get through this without captions and it's uh it's just it's yeah it's his character just put out there 100 percent and immediately i was like i like this guy this guy's great he's fantastic and then mm-hmm. uh, that's when Faye comes in and you can just immediately tell that she has the biggest crush on 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 him uh which they they don't really mention it they hint at it like once but you can tell you're just like oh she she is in love with this yeah and like he has such a soft spot for her and she does put him in his place when he is being a jerk i love their back and forth i love trying to imagine exactly what the relationship is because i don't think we've mentioned how young they are faye is 16 and everett a pack a day it seems (laughs) yeah (laughs) and everett it seems like it's like maybe 18 19 like maybe it seems like he might be out of school like he's graduated from the school they went to and now he works at the radio station it's not exactly clear but i kind of like that it wasn't exactly clear Mm -hmm. You just kind of had to piece together what you thought the background was. Yeah. Um, and Faye's character, she she kind of, she she wants to do bigger and better things. Like, she, she mentions that mm. at one point where she wants to work on a switchboard for, uh, like, a bigger school or a bigger library or who, I, mm. I, I, I don't know who all had switchboards back then. That would mean she would have to move out of town and moved to to a bigger mm. city and she didn't know how she felt about that and she wouldn't really get to see Everett and all sorts of stuff so she was very mixed of like I want to go do bigger and better things but I like the stuff that I have here with me now mm-hmm. um, yeah I uh, her background was as we get little hints of it throughout the movie it's like her and a single working mother and she has like a baby sister mm-hmm. who's like it, one and she says she doesn't have a dad we don't know where the dad is we don't know if that's her her full sister or half sister maybe and she wants it seems like she's fascinated with science she would love to go to college but she's not she she doesn't know how she's going to get the money and she talks about yeah just moving up to bigger switchboards i liked that she had such an adult job for a 16 year old like that was something i aspired to when i was younger i wanted to have a job (laughs) there was something weirdly aspirational to me to have a job that's kind of mundane for an adult woman but really interesting for a young woman to have like when i was nine i wanted to be a secretary 
<laughs> so th- I loved this 16-year-old switchboard operator. Great. Because <laughs> that's a job I never see a teenager having. Melissa has felt seen. <laughs> y- yes, yes, I did. <laughs> this speaks to my, like, precocious office lady side of my personality. And, yeah, and I liked that she liked her job. Yeah. Like, she didn't seem to begrudge, like, oh, God, the only thing I can do in this town is work on the switchboard. She's like, I'd like to do bigger switchboards. Seems like she has larger goals of doing something in science, but until then, she's content to work on switchboards. Yeah. yeah. The favorite thing... Another... Oh, I, I, mm. I, I was going to say, my favorite thing about her character... Uh, is actually so when when the plot starts kind of picking up and they mm. hear this sound and they're not sure what it is and they're playing it on the radio and they're starting to get some feedback and calls in being like here's this story and all that you know um they start to get out of the like phone operator room start to get out of the radio station and they go to the basketball game to people's houses like Mm. you know they start to move whenever she feels like she needs to go do something she runs she just she's just like i i i will not think i will just move and run towards it and especially the, the, the 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 scene after they interview the old lady they're like, I, the baby, I have to go back and check on her and all that. Like, make sure they're fine. I'm supposed to be looking after her. She just books it. Yeah. Doesn't even think or remember that they drove here and they can take a car to get there faster. She doesn't care. She just runs. Right. And Everett asks her, like, I, it, it's not even his car. He, like, stole their high school teacher's car. That, I think, was, was the a character best they... scene. And, she, like, she's on a, 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 a bike on her way somewhere. Mm. And then he p- pulls up in a car. And he's like, hop in. And he goes, she, she, she. He goes, did you steal a car? I stole a bike. (laughs) (laughs) So excited that they both were just like, let's steal something and go. (laughs) I love it. This is what I love in adventures. I love small town adventures where it's like, heck, we need these resources. Let's just take them. (laughs) Routines, what do we have? But Everett asks her like, oh, I took the car. Like, why are you running? Get back in the car. And she says, my family doesn't have a car. I walk everywhere. I don't think about it. Yeah. Well, I need to get somewhere. I do just do it on foot. And that, I, I think, was, like, my favorite thing about her character. Yeah. She just books it and just doesn't think about, oh, it would mm-hmm. be faster if we drive. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Great mm-hmm. stuff. Stuff. Yeah, the movie opens with Everett, but I feel like we get to know Faye a little bit better mm-hmm. and maybe spend a little bit more time with her over the course of the movie. But it is a fairly even handed between the two of them. Yeah. Another one of my favorite scenes is when they are when they first hear that sound um, and mm. Faye has recorded it and is playing it back and is on the phone with uh, with Everett at the radio station because it does the audio drama thing where you can totally shut your eyes and you can still understand everything. But you have, like, you have her 
there and her voice is no 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 normal you have the call that she's playing back which has that which is that like garbled staticky weird sound uh and then you have everett on the phone which his voice sounds a little bit more normal because because she's plugged in directly uh to his source and then when he gets the sound he's like all right i'm about to you know go back live on on air she unplugs him, sticks in the sound so she, he can play it, and then you hear his voice on the radio, which she still has on, and it's still that, like, staticky old-time radio thing. And I'm just like, great, like, it's real t- time. Like, he is right there doing... Ah, oh, this is great. I love it. <laughs> it was just the, like, the the mixture of different treatments to the voices and the yeah. sound i really enjoyed that great mm-hmm. yeah the sound design in this movie is wonderful like i love that like a we- she's listening to the radio while she's at work and like this weird so- sound interrupts the radio broadcast she's able to record it somehow and like she's calling around to all of these people like or i think her like board shorts out or something there's some technical difficulty and she's calling to all the other local switchboards and like she can't get a hold of the right people she calls home to where her yeah like she's she calls home to where her cousin is babysitting her her baby sister and like she gets her once but then she can't get a hold of her cousin like she this one that woman calls in trying to get like a emergency help the woman who's clearly having her farm attacked by aliens which we don't get back to (laughs) it's such a good chilling call but they don't exactly circle back around to that which i i think i do kind of appreciate just sort of the widespread slow chaos of this film yeah that's something that's, of that's like good. it seems they have a lot of like smaller things right like you just mentioned yeah. there's the one girl who's getting attacked there's something that mm. the old woman said which we'll get to at a bit here that i was like ooh, i like that um but but yeah they they do a good job of those just small things those small details yeah yeah i think this was a good time and place to set this movie because oh, yeah. it's like there's no way to get information out quickly mm-hmm. and it's in a small rural town seems like they're in new mexico and you know like they're talking to various farmers and it seems like things are also spread out enough that there is somebody on the edge of town who you know like that woman on the phone who like has something happening to them that like nobody can see yet and word isn't reaching them yet so there's that lingering unease of something's out there somewhere and there's all these people who are oblivious and they might not figure out, they might not be able to learn that something's happening until it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it was a great t- time to set this in. So I know you're not a horror movie person. No, not really. And I'm not, a, <laughs> I'm not a huge uh, horror movie person. I'd like to be. I just haven't had you know as many people around to watch the movies with me. But what did you think about this as a, a spooky sci-fi tale? Well, that's the thing. Like I, I see this more as like a 
thriller or like a sci-fi thriller than I do a horror mm-hmm. story. Yeah. Um, like I and th- th- that's the thing. Like I don't like horror movies or shows or stuff like that because that's the main thing. Like it it is a horror movie, right? But if it's a action movie or a sci-fi film and it has horror elements, I'm usually fine with that. Mm. It's it's not the main focus. So yeah, there there were some spooky things. I I think the the spookiest it got for me um i mean it 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 does that like general spookiness of the like hey something is happening and we don't understand it yeah it, it's probably aliens <laughs> but we don't know um and mm-hmm. that and then i think the scene where they go speak to the old woman um is maybe the scariest that the movie gets but it's it's not scary in like what you would typically think of as a horror film it it is just this is creepy this is eerie like mm-hmm. what is going on yeah i this movie i think i was expecting it to be the a little more tense and scary okay. and it's missing a lot of the typical tension structure that a horror movie would have like i noticed that a lot of like the the turns that it took like i hear a spooky noise I've gotten this distressing phone call from this woman. I'm trying to call around and I'm not getting anybody. It doesn't have that same like tension and panic and fear behind it Mm -hmm. that another movie might've treated it with. This whole movie is just like long, slow building of unease. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there is tension, right? Mm -hmm. Like I I think they and Everett both realize that they have stumbled onto something big. And they are mm. like they're they're, they're kind of scared in that sense of just like what did we just find? Holy shit! This is something here. But everyone is at the basketball game. Literally, no one knows what is happening. Um, mm. And yeah, and and then we do get the like tense, creepy moments between the phone calls with Billy and the interview with the old woman them kind of running through the woods after that like those are the three creepy moments but they're Mm. not scary per se no and to talk about the the discussion with the old woman i forget she has the most old woman name it's like helen mabel or something like mabel blanche right exactly mabel blanche yes they're talking to her Literally, like, they turn on the recorder. They ask her, like, we're going to record this for the future. Are you okay with this? And she just starts talking. It's not a conversation. It's a monologue this woman is giving these kids. And she's including all of these unnecessary side details that are dragging on the story. Like, I remember this thing happening to my neighbor when I was a kid. And actually, like, you know, I was orphaned at a young age. So I spent many weekends with this neighbor and her dad was the pastor. So he took me in and he took this other person in. Mm-hmm. And he grew up and I met this guy and I thought I, we were going to be in love forever. And then he left and he did work. And then I found out later that he died. Like, there's a lot of, okay, okay, lady, get to this. Like, what are we actually here to talk about? Like, get to Which it. Is something that an old you've beca- woman would do who just is by yeah. herself, right? Yeah, and that frustration builds its own unique kind of tension where, like, 
half the stuff she's saying is unnecessary, but you get that like the narrative is doing that on purpose. You know, like this is the old woman's character to just share, you know, the, the story of her life with people now that she has this opportunity. So it's packed with all these details like you don't need. And then she starts talking about her son and she's telling everything in kind of the same manner. So when she drops in, like it's the same mundane detail she's mentioned for anything else that her 10 month old baby starts talking in a clear voice with this alien language. She's never heard. That's really shocking because it's set. The tempo has been set and this is fitting the same tempo, but the content of it is wildly different and much darker. Yeah, very much so. Uh, so the, and the, the actress that plays Mabel is Gail Cronauer, uh, mm-hmm. and she has been in movies such as JFK uh, and mm. the TV series Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> Storied career. Yeah. Uh, and again, with the long shots that this movie uses, mm-hmm. it's just a static camera <clears throat> on... The Mabel Blanche, she's in shadow and she's also in profile. There's a lot of profiles in this movie. So you're seeing just like half of her face, you know, in shadow. And it's also like kind of a a mid-range shot, like kind of like torso up. Yeah. And it hangs on that for, like I said, like 10 minutes statically. And then when that monologue's over, like I think it, it does cut or move over to, to to Faye and Everett. And then it cuts back to Mabel Blanche and it's closer. It's a close up of her face. You see her whole face. She's more brightly lit. And there was something like weirdly startling about that in a, in a good way. Not that like it was jarring in a good way that like you've seen this woman, you know, from farther away, more obscured and shadow. And then suddenly there she is like bright and clear. Like that's the equivalent of a jump scare that this movie yeah. has. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I, so the old woman, I, the one thing, so I, when I, I was still expecting a twist with, mm. with this, the one thing that I started to be like, Oh, maybe this is the t- twist is when the old woman uh kind of finishes her story and tells about her like alien baby getting taken and stuff like that um when they start to leave she asks them can you take me with you yeah and that like that threw me off a bit and i was just like what do you mean oh Oh, she thinks they're aliens, or she thinks that they are about to. Oh, it, 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 it was either that, or like she thinks they are about to be taken. Like they are going to Mm-mm. figure out how to communicate with them and be like, "Beam me up, Scotty." Um, but but she she like that was her only requ- request is, is is like, "Hey, I want you to do me a favor. Take me with you." Mm-hmm. And so I was like. The twist has to do with that somehow, some way. It mm. has to. Nothing. They leave her. <laughs> they leave her house. We never see her again. I guess Faye and Everett get taken, but they don't get. Yeah. They don't take Mabel with them. So sucks for Mabel. Not, <laughs> but... not that we see. <laughs> yeah. 
there is, uh, I wouldn't call it a twist, but it is an interesting surprise at the end that they they see this spaceship hovering over them, and then an even bigger spaceship comes out of the clouds. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, the <laughs> like oh, this was just like, yeah, this was just a little shuttle. This is a little recon ship. Like, you know, <laughs> that's real headquarters. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know, because, like, th- that was the whole thing, is I was trying to figure out the twist. Like, what is going to happen? Yeah. What's going to be the big reveal? What's going to be the And there mm-hmm. was nothing. And I, I just couldn't help but feel disappointed because of that. Like, if, if it didn't have that, like, paradox theater mm-hmm. thing at the start, I think I would have yeah. been more fine with it not having mm-hmm. some kind of extra step like oh this was a really interesting character piece of just these these two characters discovering this alien invasion basically um and yeah it was it was it just had that one thing that made me expect something else Mm -hmm. yeah the movie is interesting in that I think a l- it's great at building atmosphere and some of this underlying unease comes from that atmosphere that it sets, but also it's waiting for when are we getting to something weird? I don't think you hear the alien sound until like half an hour into the movie. I think before that, it's all like characters and small town set. Yeah, it's like small town set up and spooky. act one of the film yeah. kind of ends with them discovering the sound and being like, well, we don't know mm. what this is. Whereas act two is all the stuff with Billy. And then act three starts yeah. with the old woman ends with them being taken. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I think it's fascinating that the third, this movie is so small and insular that the third build character is somebody who delivers a monologue over the phone for 10 minutes we whom we see never him. see yeah. we don't know what he no like. we don't follow up yeah and i do kind of like that this movie doesn't have a closure because there are all these things that are dropped like who is billy where is billy at you know it's mentioned that one of billy's old yeah, uh, comrades died. Is he? Is I think Billy mentions this happening to him too. Like he's getting sick. Like there's all these. What happened to that woman on the farm who was like going down into her storm cellar? Like it drops a lot of these weird outside mysteries on you that the characters just don't get to by the time the movie stops mm-hmm. in its real time. All of this happens over like an hour and a half. Yeah, and I, 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 I really enjoy that. Like, that mm-hmm. is the kind of world building that I enjoy, that, like, they give you enough information to let you know that, hey, things are happening. There's this character over here who's being attacked or something, right? Uh, there's mm. this other character who was, like, ex-military, and he had some kind of crazy adventures back in the, the day. Maybe mm-hmm. they were building some kind of, or deconstructing some alien spaceship or building something to study it, Right. But we don't see him. What happened to him? What happened to the other people that were with him there? But then, yeah, they don't tell you. They don't show you. And it just gives you enough to think about and be like, there is more Mm. out there. Which is kind of this odd parallel to this 
alien story of like there is more out there like it's not just mm-hmm. humans right <laughs> oh something else that i wondered if it was going to come back was this sequence towards the beginning of the movie that i really liked wherever it is walking Faye to work mm-hmm. and she's telling him these articles she read in these oh, yeah. science magazines of these forthcoming technologies and i think one of them is like a smart driving car one of them is uh like a, a yeah, well, the phone. cell phone's the last one, and he's like, I don't think that's going to happen. And the second one's like um, a high-speed underground you know, rail, like a tube rail system. Yeah. She's like, the man will get on a, a – he'll get down in the subway in New York City, and then after an hour, you know, he'll put his hat back on, and he'll step out of the train, and there he is in San Francisco. The first thing he'll say is, thank you, Elon Musk. And you – know, <laughs> Oh, another thing about this movie, it's set in New Mexico, and yes. I was curious if the southern accents a lot of the characters are doing are true to New Mexico. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I've never been to Mexico. I feel like it's yeah, I don't know close what that enough to Texas, accent is. right, that I'm sure uh, you would yeah, get yeah. enough, and it, I guess, maybe depends on if they're on the mm. side closer to Texas or the side closer yeah. to California. I don't know, but... Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, your camera is out of focus right now. Just FYI. Um, well, there we go. Okay. Uh, but yeah. So I guess I moved around too much. It being set in New Mexico was interesting because that was also Mm. something I was expecting them to comment on a little bit more. Being set in Mm -hmm. New Mexico in a story with (laughs) aliens, I was like, when are they gonna mention Roswell? When are they gonna mention? Mm. Area 51 or is this the start of Area 51 and that's what the story is like is that what they were building there Mm -hmm. nothing we don't get a mention of that at all unless I missed something that Billy said but I yeah I I don't think it's I don't think it's overtly mentioned but you definitely can imagine that Area 51 was part of what Billy went through. He just isn't naming names, putting numbers on faces. Or, 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 yeah, He's being they, very vague. They did not know that it would become Area 51. Um, mm. But yeah, like I was expecting that to somehow play in, and it just never mm. did. Mm. So, I don't yeah, know. and I think a lot of the stuff... A lot of the elements that are included earlier on in the narrative that don't get resolved, I don't think it's like sloppiness or laziness. I think that the movie just picked a very narrow, specific, simple scope. Right. It's like the, we we're telling the story in relatively real time. It's going to take like max hour and a half, maybe two hours. I think there's very little things that happen that we don't see, little bits of travel time that are cut out. And yeah, and then our main characters are being taken away by aliens at the end of the movie. And yeah, they're not going to be around. The, we were out of protagonist. There's no protagonist to go check on anybody. Yeah. But I wonder if this was to continue, I'd love to see like someone else in the town. Like, I want to see the aftermath of these two kids getting abducted and somebody else is like, this is like a legend that they tell people. Like, you know, the, the local radio DJ, he could have made it big. He but fell he just in love and done R-U-N-N-O-F-T. They done run off. 
Yeah, it's like a, well, there was a mysterious lights in the sky, and then he disappeared, and we don't we don't know what happened yeah. there. And then there was this this young girl from his high school. We don't know where she is either. Like I'd like to see the next generation of you know uh, little investigators like follow up. Like what happened to those kids? Yeah. Interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I enjoyed my time. Like I keep saying, mm-hmm. it was just enough that it it, it, it was just like. I wanted more, one more step, like something else. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's an interesting shortcoming to watch, I suppose, because I think there are movies that are too complex. They're confusing. There's nothing in this movie that's confusing. I don't remember the last time I saw a movie. Like I've seen movies that like this twist doesn't make sense. Like how did they but to even watch get a movie? Like, uh, yeah, and, the, and to watch a movie, we're expecting. Uh, something broader to happen and said it's like oh that was extremely straightforward like it's, yeah. it's an interesting problem to have to deal with i suppose like i said it's kind of refreshing that the story just set like a very limited narrative scope for itself and i appreciate that it's like okay the the plot itself isn't going to be anything you know really big but we're going to really pack everything into characters and setting and cinematography yeah. and atmosphere. Like I'm, you know, I'll take this combination of sliders. I like where they spent their attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's about all I have to say on this film. Do mm-hmm. you have any kind of last thoughts? Uh, I don't think so. I'd recommend I- it. Yeah. Maybe, you know, if you, Maybe do let somebody know. I wonder if this might help the movie go down a little bit easier if you tell them, like, it is a straightforward plot. <laughs> don't, like, don't let the paradox theater thing uh, play too much in your mind, sure. influencing what you're looking for in this film. I gotcha. Yeah, it's a good time. Okay. Uh, I think it's also a good spooky movie for somebody who doesn't like spooky movies or for a young person. Yeah. Yeah, you could show this to like a ten-year-old, and they'd have a good time. I don't. Yeah, I don't know about ten-year-old, but yeah. Yes, it depends on what they're into, or. <laughs> yeah, well, a ten-year-old like me who likes mundane yeah. adult things. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh boy, a switchboard. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa's big aspirations of switchboards. <laughs> I just want to wear an A-line skirt and sit at a desk. <laughs> um, recommendations. Melissa, mm. if you had to recommend some stuff that if if people liked this or wanted something similar, what might you recommend? Uh, definitely some audio dramas. Mm. Like when you first told me about this, it reminded me a lot of Welcome to Night Vale. Yes. Which is uh, a radio broadcast from a small desert town where I believe they've pitched it as where every conspiracy theory is real. Yeah. Like everything's a cover up. Everything's a monster. Just like the weirdest town imaginable. And it's a, a radio DJ who's like, yeah, this is just the town. And coming up on the community calendar, we have Wailing at the Pit. Uh, at four o'clock on Thursday, yeah. make sure to bring your whaling cloak. You <laughs> know, stuff like that. Yeah, and stuff like and don't be... go to, to, to your local playground after ten. The hooded figures in white are not to be trifled with. And coming up next, it's the weather. Like blah blah blah. It's just like what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
And I think this movie reminded me more of King Falls AM. Okay, good one. Yeah. Which is a a podcast we've covered for the show before, which is these, it is a small uh, mountain town this time, late night radio show. This is like the two to 6 a.m. slot. It's these two guys and all these weird townspeople calling in, but weird in like a, a quirky way. And then they start bringing in these supernatural forces slowly. Yep. There is alien mm-hmm. stuff. There is mysterious lights in the sky and people getting taken. And that one is uh, more dialogue-based. It's chattier. It's more about the small town quirks. And then it's like, oh, that there's lights following that truck driver on the road. Yeah. <laughs> it gets a closer tonal match. And then also this reminded me a lot of Uncanny County. Yep. Okay. which is an uh, anthology podcast of all these short stories that is kind of Twilight Zone-esque. It's also about, like, you know, you took a wrong turn on the highway to, to reality. <laughs> you found yourself in Uncanny County. All these uh, short stories. I think there, there are some recurring characters. Like, there's the same sheriff who pops up in a couple of them. They're kind of tenuously connected to each other. Yeah, short, speculative, sometimes twisty, sometimes cautionary tale stories like that. Good stuff. Uh, I do want to mention we covered King Falls AM back on yeah. a- a- episode 29 of the review show. Ooh, so that's an early one. And we covered the first year of the show. It isn't exactly of seasons, but the year breaks are kind of like season breaks. One through 25, to be exact. I'm mm-hmm. looking yep. at our thing here, so... Um, I also have another podcast to recommend, Limetown. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah! Limetown was a good one. Um, yeah, it was, I think, only one season. I think there is a second season coming, or they've said that there was, but that was a while ago, and I don't know when. Yeah. Uh, Limetown was fascinating. It is a kind of investigative journalism podcast about this a uh, fictional town that disappeared one day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this journalist is investigating it all, k- kind of realizing, finding out that, oh, this was a town of, like, all scientists, and it was, like, a uh, curated community of scientists all working on different experiments that may or may not be frowned upon in mainstream society. That's why they kind of formed <laughs> their own thing. And yeah, yeah, weird things are happening. And I like I remember uh, there's one a- episode in there about uh, I why, why am I is, is there a word for it? I'm blanking on the word, but like mental projection where you can hear someone talk inside your mind. Oh, yeah. Like creating like a... stuff, but not yeah. exactly. Um, telepathy yeah yeah I guess that's it telepathy but like there there's stuff like that and just how experiments yeah. like that went r- yeah. wrong within the town mm-hmm. um, as well as how and why they disappeared but that show also yeah. has one of the scariest sequences of any media <gasps> yeah. I have ever consumed and that terrified me um it, I yeah I I won't spoil it but there is something in there that is just horrifying and it's a great sound mm-hmm. design too um but yeah 
that would be a good one to check out kind <laughs> of that small t- town horror sci-fi thing g- going mm-hmm. on there i don't know exactly what happened but uh and then i know lime town was also turned into i think like a one season mini series yeah. on facebook it was like a facebook <laughs> original show or something yeah they were trying to get Jessica like a deal or, or something like that yeah I, I think they were trying to get some sort of a streaming platform going and i haven't heard of anything else that's Since been on then. there <laughs> but i've i've been wanting to get like find like a free week's trial or something to watch this thing because the trailer looked good yeah it looked like a really nice adaptation of this audio drama it looked good indeed uh that would be what i recommend i'm tr- trying to think of like movies or stuff that fit this vibe none is coming up exactly maybe signs honestly yeah yes like that might be a good one the m night Shyamalan classic um and then last but not least of course we have to recommend the twilight zone go watch some classic (laughs) twilight zone because they're still so good they're, they're just, What's one of your favorite episodes? Oh man, I I do like to serve man. That's a great mm. one. Um, the the one where like the world is too hot, and 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 everyone <laughs> is so so they 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 have this thing where like the world is burning. It's it's basically uh-huh. like this is like the heat death of the world. I don't world. remember this one and. And it is like they're all sweating. People are dying of heat stroke and all of that stuff. And they're just trying to survive. And then at the end Mm -hmm. of it, you learn that it's all a dream. And they are in a world where the world is freezing. And it like, yeah, it's just exactly the opposite. We're just like, we wish it was hot. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take it. I mean, we know we're not getting out of a disaster, but can we take different kind of disaster? Yeah, that one is good. 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 Another creepy one is that small town with the boy who is like, yeah, I think it's called the good life. Something like that. It's a good life. Yeah. Yeah, it it might be that one, and they just like there's something strange about this young boy, and everyone is doing what he says and like trying not to anger him, and you don't really find out why. You hear some little details and stories about like he didn't he got mad at them, and now they're gone, and it's just like, what does that mean? You know, um. I, I don't think it's the same one, but there's the one with the boy with the toy phone. Dude, that one is creepy as, yes. as hell. I He's love talking to his grandma. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's there's t- t- tons of them. Tons yeah, of I think stuff. my faves are uh, Eye of the Beholder. That's a classic. Great one. Yeah. This is my ideal, my dream Halloween costume. If I ever know anybody who's good at special effects makeup, I want to be a pig face nurse. Yep. There you go. And I love an episode called The Howling Man, I think. Howling Man. Where this man is like backpacking through Europe or something and like a huge storm hits and he needs to seek shelter for the night and he finds the small monastery in the mountains. I don't think I've seen this one. They let him stay there for the night and then he finds out that they have a prisoner 
and the prisoner might be the devil. <laughs> but the whole episode is done in canted angles. Oh, that like... It's shot really weirdly. I dig it. Isn't that a Dutch angle? Is that I've heard like... Yeah, yeah. I think that's like the... Oh, they're they're, they're synonyms. Yeah, like slightly off kilter. Yeah, the whole thing. And I think the episode starts with like, uh, you know, beyond. No, no, no. I think like before Rod Serling even comes out, I think it's like maybe one of the characters coming out telling you the story from like decades later and they're like a harried old man. So it's this old man yelling at you on a diagonal angle with a storm in the background. It's a great opening. Good stuff. Yeah, it's gr- great. I haven't checked out the new stuff that Jordan Peele is yeah. hosting, so I'm not sure how good th- those are. Mm. Uh, if you want m- more few, like modern-day sci-fi stuff, Black Mirror is a good one to check out. But yeah, mm. that's, I think, what I would recommend. There you go. Melissa, it is your turn to yep. do the pitches. What do you got for me? Yeah. So we talked at the beginning of the show, and we've mentioned recently in several of our episodes that we've done these Patreon bonus episodes for our Reactor Core feed, where we are watching movie trailers uh, from the past within our lifetime, talking about the art of the trailer and the evolution of the trailer. So I thought I would take three movies that we watch trailers for that you haven't seen, just pitch you these. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. So uh, I the, the first of these I've seen, but the other two I also haven't. So they would be brand new. So pitch, and I got one from each of our three decades. Ah, nice. Cover it. So pitch number one from the 90s is Godzilla, 1998. <laughs> Roland Embrick's Godzilla starring Matthew Broderick, Jean Reno, and two Simpsons voice actors. Man, okay. I loved this movie as a kid. And looking, watching it as an adult, I watched it like uh, four or five years ago. I still have a lot of fondness for it, but I'm utterly bewildered why I liked this as a kid. (laughs) I can't figure it out. I don't think it's a very good movie, and I don't know what in the world appealed to an eight-year-old girl. Sure. But I loved this Godzilla. It was a big deal back in the day. I I know I've seen this one once. Mm. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it since then, so I don't remember a thing. I the only thing I do remember is that I had Godzilla band aids when I was a kid. They were pretty cool. Co- cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's pitch number one is Godzilla. Pitch number two is a movie I don't think either of us have seen. This is two thousands Ghost World. Ah, yes. I have not. This, seen this is one. based on a graphic novel by Daniel Klaus, uh, and I see you're on IMDb. He also wrote the screenplay for this. Nice. Okay, so that's pretty good. Uh, and the IMDb pitch is: with only the plan of moving in together after high school, two unusually devious friends seek direction in life. As a mere gag, they respond to a man's newspaper ad for a date, only to find it will greatly complicate their lives. So it's uh, Thora Birch and uh, Scarlett Johansson, and one of them dates Steve Buscemi. <laughs> and I think it's just like a uh, a weird little slice of life movie. Okay. I don't know what actually happens in this, but I know 
the graphic novel and its adaptation are very well regarded. And I'm yeah. curious about what the heck this thing I is. I haven't read the g- graphic novel, haven't seen this mm. one, but I've seen the gr- graphic novel in my local comic book store. Mm-hmm. I haven't been to in so long. Yeah. <sighs> we could do this in their spirit. But yeah. And pitch number three from the 2010s. I think this was like a 2017, 2018 movie. Murder on the Orient Express. Ooh, okay. Yeah. We were talking about how the trailer, this is based on the Agatha Christie novel. Some guy gets murdered on a train. Everybody on the train is a suspect. Detective Hercule Poirot and his mustache are there uh, to figure it out. Yep. It's set. It's a period movie that's set in the time when Agatha Christie wrote the book, and I don't know exactly when, or you know, early nineteen hundreds. Yeah, something like uh, that. Tens, twenties, thirties. Not exactly sure. Presumably, the movie may tell us. But the trailer had a lot of contemporary touches to it. It had really interesting camera work. The all the text that appeared on screen was it neon lights. It was playing an Imagine Dragons song. Yeah. And we spent some time in this bonus episode discussing wondering how many of these contemporary touches were only Actually, for the trailer the and movie, how much yeah. of it is Yeah, yeah. So I thought we could find that out. Interesting. Okay. So pitch number one, Godzilla. Pitch number two, yeah. Ghost World. And pitch number three, Murder on the Orient Express. Um, oh, this is a tough one. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's do, let's do, let's do, let's do, let's do Murder on the Orient Express. <laughs> Okay. I I I, I kind of want to do Ghost World 2, but I I I think I don't know. I feel like we'll have a better discussion for Murder on the Orient Express because we were so interested in that trailer when we watched yeah. it. Yeah. So. Yeah, and there's a lot going on and uh, as I mentioned in that episode, I I know the basic premise of this mystery. I've never found out what what the ending is i don't know who the culprit is like through cultural secondhand that has not reached me so i don't know how this murder mystery is going to go who knows we'll see uh and you know me i love a good crime Mm -hmm. mystery detective fiction yeah so yeah yeah i don't think anybody dies in ghost world to make the ghost but who knows i really don't really have no idea (laughs) could be uh, yeah, there could be a murder in Coast World. We have no idea. <laughs> so next week we will be discussing murder on the Orient Express. Uh, mm. I also want to give a shout out that Melissa, you and I are planning a new episode of the Reactor Core for season two of yes. Umbrella Academy. Um, mm. You and I covered season one of Umbrella Academy. Let me see what episode it was. I think it was like episode fifty or something. Umbrella. Academy. Do I know what episode? Yeah, episode 50. Ooh. It. The one right after Green Lantern, the animated series. So if if, <laughs> if, if you if you want to follow the plot, you, you know. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think we're in a unique opportunity to cover season two on the reactor core because mm-hmm. the show just came out this past weekend. We've already covered season one. We can now cover season two with this. So I'm excited. Uh, be on the lookout for that. 
in the next week or two. We're not sure exactly when Yay. we're going to be recording that, but we will have it up for you guys soon. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, next week, there's been a murder. So. <laughs> There you go. Uh, M Melissa, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. You can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you guys can stay up to date with our show at The Whatnots on Twitter. Go like, share, subscribe, sell your soul, tell a friend, tell a foe, do what you need to do to help spread the word. Uh, I think we're still sitting at 82 subscribers on YouTube. We are pushing for 100, so please, if you guys like our show, go subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Uh, you guys can see our lovely faces as we discuss mm -hmm. all of these books and movies and TV shows yeah. and all that stuff. It's good fun. <laughs> I've been wearing a UFO necklace this whole episode, I, I, FYI. I didn't know what that was. I, yeah. I wasn't going to co comment because I, I, it was just like, oh, she's wearing a necklace. Cool. Mm -hmm. But it's a UFO. Yeah, it's okay. a it's a little UFO. It's got a little alien, and it says, I want to believe on it. Perfect. There you go. Good stuff mm -hmm. from our resident X-Files expert. Yep. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, well, that wraps us up for episode 100, and I forget the number again. 17. 16, 17. 117 uh, of the <clears throat> Whatnots Review Show. We will be back next week. Until then, bye. Bye.